0: So, since this is Father's Day, I'm really happy to hear all these young people who appreciated their dads. I hope 30-40 years from now you will still say the same thing. A lot of older people don't do that they say that when they are young but they forget when they have grown up how much they owe to their parents in the ten commandments that God gave you know there were two tablets of stone that Moses brought the ten commandments in and one tablet had four commandments the ones related to God you shall have no other gods but me you shall not take the Lord's name in vain, you shall not worship idols, and you shall keep the Sabbath day holy. And the other had six commandments related to man. And in the commandments related to man, the first one was, honor your father and mother. The very first, at the top of that tablet, before it came to don't steal, don't commit adultery, don't murder and all that, the first one was, Honor your father and mother. Ephesians chapter 6. I am reading from Ephesians 6 verse 1 to 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Verse 2, Honor your father and your mother. And if this is going to be a new covenant church, Every child here must learn and be taught to honor their father and mother. And while they are at home, that includes verse 1, obedience to your parents. And it says here in verse 2, that is the first commandment with a promise. You know, I told you the second tablet that Moses brought down had six commandments for man. And the first one was, honor your father and mother. And it says in all those six commandments, there was only one commandment that had a promise attached to it. The others were just commandments. Don't kill. There's no promise attached to it. Don't steal. No promise attached to it. Don't covet. No promise. But the first commandment had a promise attached to it. The only one. And the promise is in verse three, Ephesians six three, that it may be well with you, and that you may live long on the earth. So it's speaking about spiritual well-being and physical well-being and health. How can God ensure that some child who's honored his father and mother? will live long on the earth how can God ensure that unless he's deputed as angels to protect that child from accidents and sicknesses that could kill him off early I want to say to all of you who are growing up who are old enough to understand some of the children are too small but we parents have to teach them from childhood to honor and obey their parents to speak respectfully to their parents they're, they're children they don't know They don't know these commandments. Who's going to teach this commandment? Fathers. It says there in verse 4, Fathers, bring up your children in the instruction of the Lord. What is the instruction of the Lord? It's in the previous verse. That they must honor their father and mother. Whose job is it? If your children don't honor you, I would say, perhaps you have failed to teach them. When they were young, we have to teach them obedience. When they are one year old, one year old children understand the meaning of the word no. I've seen that with my children and grandchildren as well. They may not understand many other words, but when they are going to do something and you say no, somehow God has given them the ability to understand it. And to speak respectfully always to parents. Never, never treat lightly when children dishonor their parents. It's one of the very important things fathers must remember on Father's Day. Don't wait till they are 12, 13 years old. It's too late. Start when they are one. And as they grow, you can teach them more and more and more. Honor your father and mother obey them as long as you are at home once they leave the home they are not obliged to obey their parents but they are still obliged to honor their parents even if their parents are non-Christians if our parents are drunkards you don't have to obey them but you have to honor them even after you have left the home even if you are married you still got to honor your aged father and mother that it may go well with you. And there was a commandment in the Old Testament that if you spoke evil about your father and mother you'd be punished severely. When you live at home you can see many faults with your parents. As if you have no faults yourself. It's good for us to judge ourselves. And so One of the earliest sins that was punished in the Bible was when Noah's son Ham saw his father drunk and lying naked and he went and spoke about it to others. You read about it in Genesis chapter 9. And he was cursed and his children were cursed because he exposed the nakedness of his father was his father doing the right thing? No was it right for a godly man like Noah to be drunk and to lie naked? No but was he just going to look at that one thing that Noah did? had Ham who's reported that fact forgotten that is because of his father that he was alive when everybody else on earth was killed Who was the one who taught him to get inside the ark before the flood came? His father. And his father had been faithful for 120 years preaching that truth when everybody made fun of him in the world and mocked him. And Ham forgot all about that in one moment just because he saw his father naked. I want to say to you brothers it's very easy sometimes to forget all the good that somebody's done to us because we see one wrong thing in that person that's human nature I heard a story once of a teacher holding a big white board in front of the students with a small black dot in a corner and he asked the students write down on a piece of paper what you see And all the sharp-eyed students wrote on that piece of paper I see a black dot in the corner. And then she collected the papers and said, Every one of you saw the black dot in the corner. Not one of you wrote, I see a big white board. You got the lesson? When you look at another person, what do you look for? That one black dot in their life, that's human nature. That's what that teacher was trying to teach the children. There is so much good there which you don't see. Because our eyes are trained by the devil to look for the fault. The wife looks for the fault in the husband, the husband looks for the fault in the wife. It started with Adam pointing his finger at Eve. So, honor your father and mother. It's very, very important. There are many verses in Proverbs. I don't have time to show you all of them. But, Sometime, if you have a concordance take the word father and mother and go to the book of Proverbs and look at all the verses that speak about fathers and mothers in Proverbs it's a very profitable Bible study it's a profitable Bible study for what fathers should do and a profitable Bible study for how children should honor their parents very important you know, the way we are brought up very often is an indication of how our parents were. My father was born again before I was born. And I'm very thankful for that because even though we were nominally in an Orthodox church which had Mary worship and prayer for the dead and all, he never sent us there. He sent us to a good Bible-believing New Testament church Sunday school from childhood I'm very thankful to that regularly he'd have preachers sometimes stay in our house and take us to their meetings he himself would go to different churches and preach even though he was a working man and uh, he never took us to movies I'm very thankful for many things like this that I learned from him once when he said something it hurt me he came and apologized to me it's a rare thing in India for father to apologize to the son and I remember in his profession as an engineer he worked in the government in a department which was very corrupt where they were doing construction and he was in charge of that and all the contractors were wanting to give bribes to get the contract and and the lower level people were taking bribes and they would pass it on to the people up further up the line my father would refuse to take it and because of that the people above him who did not get their share of the bribe, got very upset with him and made life really miserable for him so he resigned his job just because he didn't want to take a bribe and he joined another department where he was only designing designing bridges and he didn't have to take a bribe see that's something that stayed in my mind for years I'm thankful that I had a God-fearing father who and that had a great influence on my life I have to say that and it's not just on my life, but I could pass it on to my children. And uh, he, he was very careful when we moved to a place to try and help us find a house to live in, so many things. It says in Second Corinthians, in chapter 12, and verse 14, in the last part, Second Corinthians 12.14 You know that Jesus said, Do not lay up treasure for yourselves. What does that mean? That means I must not lay up a treasure for myself. But it says in 2 Corinthians 12.14 In the last part, The parents are responsible to save up for their children. So I am not supposed to save up for myself but I am supposed to save up for my children, something to provide for them, to provide an education for them, to provide something for them to start life with. That's scripture. And very often people see only one scripture and don't see the other. So, that's what a good parent does. Providing for their children, educating them so that they can get a good footing in life. And I remember my father, when he told me to I mean I was only 14 and he said I think it's good you join the military and join the navy because that was the thing those days that people appreciated in India and because India was a basically not a country that went to war for generally that didn't have so many enemies etc so there was not much danger of people in the Indian military losing their life in the navy especially and he wanted me to be the admiral of the navy and train me for that but five years after I was an officer I told him dad I'm leaving God's called me to leave the job so I'm not going to be any admiral I'm giving up all my money for God's work and I'm going to start out with a zero bank account to serve him trusting God and you know what he said he said if it is to serve the Lord I'm very happy so I'm very thankful that I had a dad like that my wife grew up in a very God-fearing family you know in India we're not allowed to go out together before we are married because the culture is against it so we don't really get to know each other much but after I got married I got to know her and saw the values in her life and I learned from her what her father had taught her from childhood live simply don't wear any jewelry she's never worn jewelry till today all her life because her father taught her that and uh, help around the house and don't be lavish in expenditure on anything and that's helped us so much in our married life and I saw that the simple way in which she was brought up to live frugally, spend very little and almost nothing on herself. And I saw that for a few months and I wrote a letter to her dad, to my father-in-law. I said, I'm deeply thankful that you brought up your daughter in such a good way that I have a good wife. If you have a good wife, did you ever think of writing to her father or mother? Thanking them for bringing her up in that way? See, basically, if there's, I told you, one characteristic of human beings is to find fault in something small. The other characteristic of human beings is to be thoroughly ungrateful. Giving thanks is not something that comes to us naturally, criticism comes very quickly. But to find something good that we can thank people for. Jesus said that he would even thank somebody who gave a cup of cold water to one of his servants. I know that. I believe it. And say, Lord, when I say I want to be like Jesus, we all say we want to be like Jesus. So I said, Lord, I want to be like you, that if somebody gives me even a cup of cold water, I want to be thankful. And things more than that. I've sometimes written to on a New Year's Day greeting to someone, Uh, Brother, I remember 25 years ago when I came to your place and I needed to go to see my son who was in a college and, uh, well, not 25 years ago, about 20 years ago or so and uh, I could not find transport to go there and it was quite a distance and you took me in your car all the way there and to meet him and you brought me back it happened 20 years ago but maybe it was a small thing for you but I just want I remember it today and I want to thank you for doing that I learned that from Jesus who said he would thank people for one cup of water I can imagine Jesus in the final day day of judgment calling up somebody and say hey I remember you gave a cup of water to my servant Peter when he came to your place to preach, or Paul. Uh, Will you be surprised that Jesus is thanking someone for what they did 2,000 years ago to give a cup of water to Paul? That's how Jesus is. It's the exact opposite of human nature. Honor your father and mother all your life. It's very, very important. I, and... As parents, let me say a word to fathers. What is the great thing we can do to our children? To teach them and to play with them. Uh, I was very excited when I heard one child say that he saw his father playing games. Yeah, that's very good. I know he doesn't do that all the time, otherwise, he wouldn't be able to earn his living. But uh, I used to play cricket with my children it's one of the best ways to get friendly with your children play games with them whatever at their level I mean help them in their mathematics and geography and also but also play games with them that's how we get friendly with them it's not just by teaching them the Bible but going out with them I used to go on a date with each of my four boys once a month just to spend time one on one with them very important as fathers to come close to our children and to teach our children especially our daughters I never had one but to teach your daughters to grow up modest modest in their dressing grateful and humble there's a book I read many years ago it's not a Christian book but it's got some very Christian values it's called Basket of Flowers it's an old book it's a story of a widowed father who had one daughter and she was working as a maid in some rich person's house and uh, I'm not going into the story but the things he taught his child to be very modest and simply dressed and to be honest and upright. And she was falsely accused in that house of something she never did. And she was turned out of the house and kicked out of the country. And the father just had to move away with his daughter to another place. And years later, her innocence was discovered. But the thing that, the way that father brought up his daughter is really exemplary. And um, I got a copy of that for each of my children say read this this is the way you should bring up your daughters to teach them values in life because let me show you an example from the Old Testament in Exodus and chapter 12 Exodus 12 we read about the children of Israel about to leave Egypt and they were told to celebrate the Passover you know the Passover means the angel of death was passing over their house not killing anybody inside like he was killing the firstborn in all the other houses that's why it's called Passover and uh, they had to put the blood of the lamb outside the door which is a picture of Christ's death protecting us from judgment And because of that, the children were saved. The eldest child was saved in every house that put the blood outside the door. And they had to celebrate this Passover feast, and the Jewish people celebrate it till today, every year. And in Exodus 12, the Lord told them, verse 24, You shall observe this event as an ordinance for you and your children forever. That was 3,500 years ago and every year in all these 3,500 years the Jewish people celebrate that. They kept it. What an example for Christians to follow, to follow exactly the word of God. And when you enter the land the Lord has given you, you observe this rite, verse 25. You have to observe this festival, Passover festival. And then your children will say to you, What does this right mean? Then you must explain to them. The father must explain. It's a Passover, sacrifice to the Lord who passed over the houses of the, when he killed the Egyptian eldest children, but he spared our homes. And you know that, I understand that's what happens in Jewish families. When they celebrate the Passover, the father, the children are supposed to prompt it to ask the father, Dad, What does this mean as a ritual? Once a year. And the father will explain to them. Years ago, more than 3,000 years ago, our fathers were in Egypt. They were slaves and God delivered us from it. Every year, those children heard it. We're supposed to be new covenant Christians, superior to the old covenant Jews. How much do you teach your children? about God's ways. I'll tell you, almost all our Bible teaching in our home was around the dining table at dinner. Early morning it was very difficult because they had to rush for school and they would be away in school at lunchtime. But and weekends very often I was traveling for ministry somewhere. But dinner time, we were together as a family. It was not rushed. And we would talk about things in the Bible practical things why don't you why don't we cheat in the examinations things like that why are we different from other students who cheat in the examinations when somebody fights with us why don't we fight back these are the things we discuss practical things and also facts of the Bible who was Moses' mother who was his father just to get them, it's not so important, but just to get them interested to study the Bible. Because you ask them some, I mean, if you ask them a question like, who is Jesus' mother, they know the answer to that, but try and ask them, who is Moses' mother? Then they'll go to the Bible. And that's what I wanted, I wanted them to go to the Bible to get familiar with the Bible. And by the time my boys, four of them, left home at the age of 18, each of them left at home at the age of 18 to go to college, Every one of them really knew the scriptures. I remember one of my sons who was in college. He, his roommate in college was a the son of an American pastor. And at the end of one year, that other boy wrote to me and said, Mr. Poonan, I want to tell you something about your son. I've been a roommate with him for one year. They were both around... 19 years old when he wrote that he said, I tell you he really knows the Bible he taught me a lot of things I didn't know and the other thing he taught me was to honor my parents the way I saw him honoring you so I was very happy to hear that there's so much you know that we can instill into our children as fathers bring up your children in the instruction of the Lord. That's what you must remember on Father's Day, our responsibility. And, you know, we provide so many other things for them. What would you think about a father who is irresponsible, he earns money in his work and spends it all on drink. There are fathers like that, you know. I've heard of many fathers like that. And the house is in a shambles, because all the money is wasted and drink and the father is drunk lying there well we can say we, we don't we're not like that I don't think any father here is like that but what do you actually teach your children when your children leave home I'll tell you the years fly very quickly very quickly suddenly the nest is empty And if you have not made use, full use of the time they are with you, you are not going to get them to listen to you when they are 20 years old. If you don't get them to listen to you when they are 2 years old. Very, very important. So, fathers, take time to instruct your children. And that instruction includes recognizing... What, appreciating the good they do I don't believe we should ever compare our children with any other child in our family or with anybody else if they are good appreciate them but don't compare them and don't tell one child why aren't you like him that's one of the worst things a father can ever say why aren't you like your elder brother or why aren't you like your younger brother you are going to make your children enemies for life because that one will be jealous and upset that you are comparing him or her with another sibling. You have to be wise as fathers. Express your appreciation for them in private. Definitely appreciate and encourage them. But don't boast about them comparing them with others. Very, very important. We are living in a day when fathers, children, res- a relationship is broken down tremendously it's one of the work of the devil in fact the Bible says that as you approach the end of time one of the biggest calamities is going to happen is the breakdown of relationship between father and son father and children let me show you that in Malachi do you know the last verse of the Old Testament? the last verse of the Old Testament speaks about this very very important turn to the last page of your Old Testament Malachi chapter 4 It's speaking in verse 5 about the day the great and terrible day of the Lord the coming verse 5 the middle the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord that's the second coming of Christ when he's going to judge the world so before that happens he says I'm going to send Elijah the prophet Now remember, the Old Testament was spoken in figurative language. Elijah the prophet. Elijah the prophet is in heaven. He's not going to come down to earth. People who go to heaven don't come back here. He came for a short visit when God sent him to the Mount of Transfiguration to see Jesus and Peter, Paul, and Peter, James, and John. But he's not going to come down physically. But... The Elijah the prophet spoken of here is a picture of the church which is going to be a prophetic voice like Elijah what did Elijah do when all of Israel turned away from the Lord Elijah brought fire down from heaven and made those people bow down and worship Jehovah and that's the ministry of the church the true church when Christendom is drifting away from God in those days Israel drifted away from God worshipping idols today Christendom is drifting away from God by disobeying scripture look at the things that are being taught in many Christian churches today terrible things it started with divorce divorce is something Jesus hated and yet today there are pastors who are divorced sitting in the pulpit how did that happen in Christendom exactly like Israel worshipped idols Christendom is worshipping idols where is the elijah who'll bring fire down from heaven and expose this pastors today are just men pleasers and from divorce they've gone on to so many i don't want to name them but you read about them in the papers and then on the internet the terrible things happening in christendom today i'm not talking about the world i'm talking about christendom in marriages in the sexual area I don't want to talk about all those filthy things that the devil is promoting everywhere. It's a day when Christendom is drifting away from God exactly like Israel drifted away in the days of Elijah. And the church, the real ministry of the church is to be like Elijah, to bring the fire of the Holy Spirit down. If you don't have it, don't attempt it. Without the fire of the Holy Spirit, without the anointing of the Holy Spirit, you cannot do this. But this is the job of the church today with the anointing of the Holy Spirit to make people bow down to the true God how many will listen? the way to life is narrow very few find it there will be a few those are the few whom Elijah's the last days Elijah the church is going to bring back to God a prophetic voice is needed and what is the main thing he's going to do? one of the main things is verse 6 Malachi 4.6 He will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the children to their fathers. So that's saying that in the last days, before the great and terrible day of the Lord, the devil is going to bring a distance between parents and children. In Christian homes, I see it everywhere. Parents and daughters, no communication. They don't children don't want to hear about spiritual things from their parents there's a distance and they'll talk about all the things in the world but spiritually there's a distance they don't even respect their parents this is the day and age we are living in and the voice of the prophetic voice in the church is to restore who has to take the responsibility first I've heard numerous parents come and tell me, Brother Zach, my daughter's like this and my son is like this. I say it says here that the fathers have got to take make the first move. It's not the children. Stop blaming the children. It doesn't say here he will restore the hearts of the children to the parents. No. Restore the hearts of the fathers to the children first. The fathers have to judge themselves for their failure instead of blaming their children, saying, My daughter doesn't talk to me, or My son's not interested in spiritual things. The father has to repent. And that's what the prophetic voice of God in the church is going to do to restore the hearts of the fathers to the children. And then, secondly, the children to the fathers. That's a good thing to remember on Father's Day the father's responsibility to make sure their hearts are restored to their children they love their children they take time for, to spend with their children we hug our little children when they are small why, why do you stop hugging them when they are grown up I hug my sons even they're in their 40s sure I never stop hugging them that physical touch means a lot to our children When they are small, I have heard of orphanages. And I have heard that one of the problems with orphans is they never had anybody to hug them and kiss them when they were little babies. And they grow up with what is called the orphan syndrome of so many insecurities. I have seen orphans grow up, they are insecure when they are 50 years old and 60 years old. Because when they were small, nobody hugged them and kissed them and told them, you are valuable, you are precious. So many children who heard their fathers say all types of evil things. You are good for nothing and all that. They turn out good for nothing. It's almost like the fathers are cursing them. The hearts of the fathers must be restored to the children. And if we have failed in the past as fathers, let's repent. It's never too late to repent. Many people say the last word of Jesus to the church is go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature Matt. Mark 16 or go and make disciples that is not the last word of Jesus to the church in the Bible the last word of Jesus to the church in the Bible is found in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3 to 5 churches repent, repent, repent don't forget that the other word is in Matthew 28 he spoke 60 years earlier to go into all the world and preach the gospel before he left the earth. But the last word of Jesus to the church is repent. Turn back from your drifting, from the standards I gave you. And I believe there is a great need for fathers to repent. And say, Lord, I can't do anything about the years gone by. But I can do something about the years that are ahead of me. I'll never forget when, as a young man, I read a poem. I never has it. I never stop quoting it. The poem is something like this: When I stand at the judgment seat of Christ, and He shows me the plan for my life that He had planned for me from the time I was converted and I look back over a video of my whole life and I see how I checked my Lord there and I stopped Him here and I would not yield my will here and I would not listen at this point. I am watching the video of my life and I see how I frustrated His plan because I wouldn't listen and I sought my own. Will there be grief and sorrow in my eyes as I see how I messed up a wonderful plan God had for my life and how he led me gently but I wouldn't listen and then what shall I do in that day when I stand before the Lord it's too late I can't live my life again so the last verse says well I'm not dead yet so Lord of the years that are left to me I can't do anything about the years gone by thank God I'm not in the grave yet I have a few years left for me between now and the time I die. I give them to you. I want you to break me. And I want you to melt me and mold me into the pattern you plan for my life. I have repeated that prayer, uh, I mean that poem to myself for years, in the last 60 years since I was born again and I first read that. I said, Lord, I don't want to have regret at the judgment seat of Christ and say, oh, I wish I hadn't done that over there and I wish I hadn't done this over there and I wish I had done this over here. I don't want that. Now is the time to wake up. Now is the time to be wise in the way we bring up our children. If your children have some special ability, and you know how children have a great desire to boast about it to show off to others correct your children don't ruin them by promoting that type of thing let them do well by all means in the athletic field in school or games or in academics but don't boast about it. don't let them boast about it fathers be wise don't ruin your children appreciate them in private but don't puff them up I'll tell you why because God gives his grace only to the humble and he resists the proud it's a word that I have taught my children from the time they were small and do you know even now I keep telling my children pursue humility pursue humility I keep writing that to my sins pursue humility because God will then come behind you and support you that's the meaning of God gives grace to the humble he'll come behind you and push you forward nothing will be able to stop you the devil, human beings bad circumstances nothing will be able to stop you if God is behind you pushing you forward but the moment you become proud proud of your intellect or your wealth or your capabilities are proud that you are better than others immediately God comes in front and begins to push us back he opposes the proud you have already got the devil opposing you, you have got human beings opposing you, you have got circumstances opposing you, on top of all that you don't want God also opposing you, you are finished this is the main reason why you find Christians who have been Christians for 25 years not grown spiritually. They're in the same place. It's like a kid's sitting in the kindergarten forever. He's forty-five years old and he's in the kindergarten. Spiritually, I've seen people like that. They should have been they should have got their PhD by now, but they're in kindergarten spiritually. Because God has opposed them, opposed them, opposed them. Only one reason. They are clever, they're capable, and they are proud of it or they've accomplished something in life better than other people and they are proud of it. God gives grace to the humble. Teach that to your children. I told you I've taught that to my children for my oldest son is nearly 50. That's what I've taught him for 50, all the years from the time he had an age of understanding. Don't ever boast about yourself. Don't, if you accomplish something, don't talk about it to others. Come and tell your parents. We are happy to hear it. But don't boast before others don't be a show off and as you grow up and I really believe that if we teach our children humility you'll, you'll see what God will do come behind them and keep on pushing them forward nothing will be able to stop them we are concerned that our children should grow up and get a good job and support themselves 100% I agree with you but if you don't have God supporting them they are going to face calamity, definitely even if they become millionaires and billionaires no, it's not just enough to earn your living it's not enough to make money what about their spiritual growth? do you want to, Do you want them finally to stand before the Lord, your children, I'm talking to fathers on father's day do you want your children finally to stand before the Lord and say Lord my dad gave me a wonderful education and he gave us so much money but he never cared much for our spiritual life and here I am Lord if I go to hell blame my dad don't blame me what a terrible thing if your child has to say that to Jesus one day or maybe your child is saved but he's missed out so much in life Lord my dad never taught me to seek the kingdom of God first he taught me to seek my own honor and comfort and money first so I did that I was young and stupid and foolish and I thought my dad was wise and they taught me to seek my own make out for yourself be better than everybody else and I did that and here today Lord at your judgment seat I regret and regret and regret the way my dad brought me up I don't want to hear any of my children say that to the Lord and I don't believe they will because by the grace of God my wife and I have tried our best we haven't been perfect we have made many mistakes but we have repented of that but I will tell you one thing we have prayed for them regularly dear brothers and sisters there is no need to feel sad but there is a lot of need to repent and say Lord of the years that are left to us help us to do it better It's no use crying over spilt milk. There's an expression in English that you're carrying a bowl of milk and something spilt. Don't spend all your life over there crying over that. Because you'll spill some more and this milk that is in your vessel will get spoiled. Go and do something with the rest of the milk. Don't cry over spilt milk. Meaning, don't waste your time regretting something you can do nothing about but thank god in the in as christians we have a message of hope and that is acts 17 verse 30 one of my favorite verses acts 17 and verse 30 maybe we were ignorant but in the past years some of you never heard these things when you were a new father you are hearing it so late in life because I don't blame you I blame the preachers or the church you went to the priests and pastors who never taught you the truth but you had a bible you could have read it so you can't blame your priests and pastors entirely you remember when Lazarus no the rich man who went to hell told Abraham in Luke 16 please send Lazarus to go and tell my brothers who are on earth I got five brothers and they may come to hell also he said tell take tell him to go there with one message not to do better in their academics not to make more money that rich man from hell said I am here because I did not repent of my sins. Can you please send Lazarus to my five brothers and give them one message, only one, to repent of their sins. And you know what Abraham said? You read that in Luke 16, it's the last verse. They have a Bible. They have a Bible. Why do they need somebody to go from heaven to tell them to repent? the Bible is full of messages he was referring those days the Bible was Genesis to Malachi which they called Moses and the prophets they can read that and that's what the Lord says today do you need a priest or a preacher to come and tell you when you were a new father you had a Bible Okay, you didn't listen to it you didn't read the Bible you didn't value it at least now value it do you read the Bible now do you study the Bible at least now? After coming to this church? Have you learned to value it? My whole life has been shaped by this book, God's Word, the Bible. It changed my life, it changed my family life, it changed everything about me, my professional life, everything. Acts seventeen thirty. God is overlooking the times of ignorance. Those years when you were ignorant, okay, God says, I overlook it. But now, He's telling everybody to repent. That's the message. The last word of Jesus to the church, repent. So I praise God for all of you fathers. But I think we all need to repent a bit. And say, Lord, we want to do it better we can't do a single thing about the milk that is spilt, it's spoilt but what's left in the bowl, let me do something about the rest of my life and be a good father to my children and a good mother even if your children have grown up and left home and they are married perhaps or your children at home, then you are really fortunate, your children are still at home You can make up for the years that are lost by going full speed. I've heard of people running a 10,000 meters race in the Olympics and the guy falls down. And you know, if you fall down once in a race, Olympics, (laughs) you're going to be impossible to catch up with all these others who are expert runners. And this guy got up, it's a true story, and ran and came first. So there's tremendous possibility. Maybe you slipped up and fell, but we can get up and run with great zeal. I've often told young people in my church, you guys are hearing things at the young age of 17, 18 years old, which I understood when I was nearly 36. For 16 years of my born-again Christian life, I never understood the new covenant. I never understood that there was a message of victory over sin. I knew forgiveness. I knew the gospel. Jesus died for me. But that I could overcome sin, that I could live at home without ever getting angry with my wife 365 days of the year, I never knew there was such a gospel. No. No you guys are hearing it from day one. So you have opportunity, I said to them, to go way ahead of where I am, because I heard it when I was 36 and you are hearing it when you are 18. But, I went on to say to them, I don't think you are going to beat me in this race. And I will tell you why. Because I have repented so deeply over those 16 years after I was born again when I did not take my Christian life seriously I had a Bible I didn't need a person from heaven to come and tell me that sin shall not have dominion over you it was written in Romans 6.14 but I hadn't taken it seriously and because of that failure for 16 years in my life where I didn't take it seriously I have such a deep repentance that I've decided I'm going to run full speed, and that's why I say I doubt whether you guys will catch up with me, because you have not wasted your life, and you're taking it easy. I find some of some young people who listen to this message, who are in their teens and twenties, this most wonderful truth in the whole world, the most wonderful truth in the Bible that I can that I can have God as my intimate Father, and. Uh, that I can live an overcoming life like Jesus lived and be filled with the Holy Spirit and anointed this wonderful message I find so many people who hear it and uh, take it so lightly it's like hearing that well tomorrow will be a warm day oh okay it's sad so I want to encourage you take repentance seriously turn around with all your heart and say, Lord, I want to be a first-class father to my children, even if they are left home, even if they are 40 years old or 50 years old. I want to be a good father at least from today. A great resolution for Father's Day. And Lord will you help me? Will you fill me with the Holy Spirit? You know that's Ephesians five 18. Let's look at that in closing. Ephesians 5 it's the only place in the Bible the only place in the Bible where you have a command saying be filled with the Holy Spirit in other words it's your responsibility be filled with the Holy Spirit of course you got to ask God to do that for you but it's your responsibility to seek God to be filled with the Holy Spirit and why should you be filled with the Holy Spirit? That comes in the remaining verses. That will help you, wives, verse twenty two, to be a better wife, husbands, verse twenty five, to be a better wife, and fathers, chapter six, verse four, to be a better father, to instruct your children right. You see the connection between Ephesians five eighteen and all the things about family life after that? That's the way to have a to become a godly father be filled with the Holy Spirit every day and say, Lord, help me to be the Father I should be. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, please help us. We've all failed in so many ways, but you're merciful. but we don't want to keep on complaining year after year after year after year and just confessing that we have failed, we have failed, we have failed. We want things to change. And we want to take seriously your command that you overlook, thank you that you overlook the times of ignorance. We want to take seriously your command that we shall repent, turn around 180 degrees and take our Christian life more seriously and our being fathers more seriously to fulfill our responsibility. We pray in Jesus name. Amen.